Welcome to the Team Church Third Sunday Special. We pray that this word blesses you. Be built up, be encouraged, and move forward for Christ. For more information, check out teamchurchglasgow.org. Yeah, so um, as I'm sure you've seen the title for my sermon today, my sermon, I, don't, I hate calling it a sermon, <laughs> it's just a message, I guess it's just me talking, uh, the title is uh, Progress and Perfection. Um, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a common phrase that's in the world and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's important to make progress and not to not to just focus on the perfection, but just to incrementally see the, the progress in your, in your steps, in your, in your faith, in your work, uh, and not to just go from zero to 100 just like that in one step, because let's be honest, it's, it's, it's unrealistic. Um, so it's important to, to make progress, small steps at a time, uh, and then see uh, what it will take you. And I believe that what the Lord is saying in his words here, uh, and what pastor's been talking about the past few weeks, uh, and about the definition of what perfection actually means here in the word uh, is eye-opening, and it's not. Maybe it's maybe not your um, your expect, or maybe not your understanding of what perfection actually means. So uh, it's not this something. What pastor's been talking about anyway? It's not this thing of oh my gosh, like I need to be one hundred percent perfect, because if we had to be one hundred percent perfect, like we would be under the law, right? So um, it's important. It's important to to understand what we're talking about here, uh, and just to key in. And it's okay if you feel challenged. Um, I definitely recommend reaching out to one of us uh, at some point and asking some questions, and talking to a neighbor, talking to someone who you're you're comfortable with with your faith, and really kind of ironing out those creases because it's not always easy as easy as we think it is. Do you know what I mean? So, so yeah, we're gonna jump in. Um, it's funny, like I, I kind of started this way anyway, but it's that word perfection is actually scary. It's actually a scary word. Um, because the reason why it's so scary is because we are imperfect, right? We are like, we get to this point in our lives where we, we want to have everything together. We want to be in our career, in our ideal career, dream job. We, we want to have uh, our marriage, we want to have kids, we want to own a house, we want to do all these things and we want it to be perfect, right? Uh, and what is what does our experiences tell us? And I, I know I'm not just speaking for myself, but I'm speaking for a lot of you out there that those things don't always happen the way you want them to, right? Um, sometimes you might be in the perfect relationship, or, but then you might not be able to get your house in time, or you might not, not be in your perfect job, or you might be in your perfect job, but you don't have, uh, you're not in a relationship or whatever. So like, you're, what, what, another thing that the world says is that your stars aren't aligning, do you know what I mean? So um, I'm here to tell you partly that that's okay, <laughs> all right? Don't feel that you need to check all the boxes in one go and that you know, you've, you've made it around the track one time and that's you good to go, you're done, you've finished the race, you know what I mean? That's unrealistic and let's be honest, it's just not a whole lot of fun if that was the way it was gonna go all the time, right? Um, it's, it's funny because that, that perfection, we feel like it's an unattainable standard to live up to. Um, the reason why we do is because the only perfect person to ever live on the earth is Jesus, right? He's the only one to ever come in, to not commit a sin uh, and to go out you know, dying for his people, which is us, right? Um, so how can we live up to that, right? That's, that's a huge question. How can we live up to that standard of perfection that Jesus did? And it, and it really is a standard, but he's called us to it, right? In a different way, but I, I want to try and explain uh, some of that today. Um, and I want to jump into the Word a little bit. We're going we're gonna to touch a few different scriptures. 
Um, so I encourage you, if you don't have your Bible out, get your Bible out. If you don't have a, a tangible Bible, I know you all got a phone, so <laughs> grab your phone, get your Bible app going, get the U version going, um, and pull out the Word. Um, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1 from verse 24, and we're going to go down to 28. So just before I read there, um, this is where Paul is speaking to the church in Colossae regarding uh, service unto Christ, service to, to, to Jesus. So verse 24, verse 24, it says, I'm going to just jump in here. It says, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the affirmations of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you, for, given to me for you to fulfill the word of God the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. Verse 27 says, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery, of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now this is the part I'm getting to. Verse 28 says, Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now this is like, look, Paul likes to write in really long sentences, by the way. Just the <laughs> first part was like a real mouthful, right? Um, but the, I love this a whole lot because in verse 28, it says that perfect, that perfect word comes up, it rears its head, that perfect word, him we preach, and we should present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Every man. Who is every man? That's me, that's you, that's your kids sitting right next to you, that's your mom, your dad, whoever. In Christ Jesus. These are, your, these are the people that are perfect in Christ Jesus, right? Now, I'm going to unpack that a little bit. So, the word perfect here uh, in the Greek is, is teleos. Teleos. Probably mispronouncing it, but give me grace. <laughs> it's teleos, which means, it doesn't, okay, it actually means, I think pastors kind of went through this a little bit, but I'm, so I'm just going to kind of touch on it. Is it actually means complete, it means growth, it means maturity, and it means, uh, sorry, maturity of both mental and moral character. Let me say that again. It means complete, it means growth, and it means maturity of both mental and moral character. Now, when you hear perfect, you just think spotless, without any fault, flawless. Do you know what I mean? Totally, like, there's nothing wrong with it, right? Um, but here, it actually means in the Greek, complete growth, maturity. All right? So keep that in mind when we're, when we're going to go through some of this stuff. Um, because it's so important. Because then you're, you, you reevaluate what he says in verse 28. And it says that we should present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That we should present every man uh, complete in growth and in maturity. We need to present these men and women in a way that they are these things, that they are, they are, they are showing growth, that they are mature, and that they are complete. Not that they are flawless and without, without spot, without blemish, right? But those three things. So, if you look at verse, um, is it verse 28? It is verse 28. The start of verse 28 says, Actually, it's broken up into a few different pieces, and I kind of want to unpack that even more. Um, the first part of which says that we should do, we should, him, we preach, we should preach, 
who we should preach Jesus. Hallelujah, right? We need to preach Jesus. He is the one that does the completing and the perfecting, all right? This is who we need to preach. I think it was Paul that says that we, need, we, preach, we preach Christ and preach him crucified, right? This is, what, this is what we are called to do. This is part of evangelism. This is part of spreading the word. This is part of going out and making disciples of nations, even if you are just sowing the seeds, right? Because when you sow, someone else waters. Amen. So, uh, yeah, we need to go out there and we need to preach Christ. This is something you need to do unwavering. You can't just, you can't just be like, I love Jesus. And then like, <laughs> scurry away, do you know what I mean? Yes, that might even have its, its, uh, its, its part to play, but we should get to a point where we are exposing the Christ in us, the hope of glory, all right? It shouldn't just be, you know, this is just a part of my life. Like, Christ should be your life that we are living in Christ's life now, that he gave his life so that we could have his. All right? Um, so the second part of that, so that was the first part. Him we preach. second part is warn every man. If you see that in verse 28, it says, warning every man. What does that even mean? It sounds like a big, a big deal. Oh my gosh, we've got to warn people. Warn every man. This is, this is literally, all of this is evangelism, right? But this is making people aware that Christ is the way to the Father. There's so many people, if you ask them out in the street, and, you, and even just your friends or your family even, and you say, like, oh, like, so, you know, I think I asked, who did I ask? I asked someone recently, and I said, oh, so what's the deal? Like, you know, where are you at with your, with your maker? You know? And I, I, t- I intentionally used those kind of words because I didn't want to say God, just in case I kind of spooked them a little bit. Um, and kind of giving them a little bit of freedom to open up and say, oh, like, well, I believe X, Y, or Z without me, you know, judging them. Um, and he said, what did he say to me? He said, I'm, I'm totally open. I'm totally open. Do you know what I mean? Meaning, okay, he actually used, he said, I'm totally open. I'm a, I'm a bit of an agnostic, right? And that's cool. That, that everyone goes through their journey. Everyone goes through that process. But that really is encouraging to me. And I know that might not sound encouraging to a lot of you, but for me, it's encouraging because then it says, if he's open, he can be open to the darkness, of course. He can be open to deception and open to all these crazy things that the world has to offer. But if he's open, he's open to Christ. Yeah? And then in that, that second part of verse 28, it says, warning every man. Make people, we need to make people aware that Christ is the way, the only way to the Father. A lot of people, when you ask them and you say, also like, you know, what do you, what do you think is going to happen you know, when, when, when all's said and done, when this is a wrap, when, you know, we, when we kick the bucket? Like, <laughs> what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Uh, or what matters in the end? And a lot of people will say, it's just about being kind, you know? It's about, like, you know, being a good person. And in my heart, I'm just like, rah, rah. <laughs> not going to lie. It's just like, it's just not, it's just not enough. It's not good enough. Do you know what I mean? It's not good enough to be a good person. Christ even said in the word, like, who is good? Who is, who is good? What does that even mean? Um, and it's not just your kindness that will get you to the Father. It's about knowing Christ. So I feel like this part in verse 28, the second part, warning every man is that. Telling them, especially if they're open. If they say they're open and they're doing, they're, as the young ones like to say, if they're moving mad, <laughs> people are moving mad. It's our job to uh, course correct give them a better course correction, to give them a little bit of GPS and show them that, you know what, you're actually going the wrong way. And you know what, this is the right way. And this is where our, where, this is actually where we're going. Uh, show them the destination. And that's through Christ. And Christ uh, is the way to the Father. Um, so yeah, that's part of evangelism, of course. The next part, uh, there's three parts to this, this verse. Uh, 
So it says, um, him we preach, warning every man, and the next part is teaching every man in all wisdom. Teaching every man in all wisdom. Uh, now that's that's really too that's that's a, that's a tough one. The reason why I think it's a tough one for me personally um, is because it's really about rearing people. It's about bringing them up. Um, and this is something. So the, we had we had night vigil on Friday night, and we did some pastor preached a little bit, gave a word. Um, you know, we prayed in the Holy Spirit. We kind of just you know set the present, got the got the presence. You know, it was great. Uh, and then we prayed. And it was beautiful. Um, and one of the things I think I remember saying at the time, we were talking about government and things like that. And I think one thing that was really on my heart and which kind of helped, you know, uh, lend to this, this message today was, I'm so concerned for the next generation. Concerned because I, I feel like a lot of people, like religion or faith is less prominent than it's ever been. And um, what does that tell us? It tells us that, you know, us or the people or, or, or our parents haven't done the best job. And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Um, when we see the next gener- the generation after us not doing so well or not being so inclined to the things of, of, of the kingdom, then there's, there's only one person or one of us to blame or one of us to take responsibility, and that's, that's us because we've not, we've not essentially maybe, maybe not done the job that we should have done. Um, but this part in verse 28, teach every man in all wisdom. This is a call to rear up the next generation, to bring them up in, in the Lord. Uh, and the word even said, the word says it, like raise your child in the ways of the Lord so when the time comes that they'll even begin to choose the right way. They'll take the right path. They'll decide for themselves. Every person has to decide for themselves. Don't get fooled into thinking, oh, well, my mom's a Christian or my brother's a Christian or whatever. Like, you know, I, I, I gave my life one time, but, you know, I've been just been out here just living, living it anyway. It's not enough. Like, you need to be reared up in the Lord. Actually, like, you need to know the Lord. The Lord wants to know you just as much as well, you should want to know him. He really wants to know you. Um, so this part, teach every man in all wisdom. Rear them up. Teach them the ways of the kingdom as if, even if it's not your child, teach them as if it were your very own child. And this is, this is, um, this is a big one. This is a big one for a lot of you out there who are, who are discipling, who are mentoring, uh, and the reason why I'm kind of touching on that is because our group of people who are here, like in, in, in church and really kind of, you know, a part of our small group and team talks and stuff like that, we're really trying to go after um, discipling and mentoring these, this, this next generation and, you know, really being intentional about it and not just letting um, our weeks, our months and our years happen to us. We really want to, like, impact these people who we meet on a weekly basis. We don't want to just keep seeing them the same way over and over and over so that in a year's time we actually want to see growth. Now, this is part of what we're talking about. We want to see growth. We want to see maturity. We want to see completeness. And what does that mean in the Word? That means we want to see them perfected in the Word. Amen? Amen. Uh, so, yeah, so these, th- th- this is super important if you're in that position that you're discipling or mentoring someone. Um, and then after that, after that third part in verse 28, it says that we should present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Now, it's important to, to recognize or to note there that those three things came before. Him we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom. So they can be presented, so that every man can be presented perfect uh, in Christ Jesus. Right? So those three things are a prerequisite in order to be <laughs> presented uh, perfect to, to Christ. 
All right, I hope you're with me. I hope you're following in your word in the, in the Bible. Uh, and I hope that you're taking some notes um, because I think this is something that you'll definitely be able to go back and um, mull over. Even if you disagree or whatever, this is something you mull over and really just kind of get your own revelation or get your own understanding about what's being said in the scripture here, all right? All right, cool. So I think that there's this, this is one question, right? All the time when we talk about evangelism and we talk about going out and sharing the word and we talk about um you know changing the norm creating a new normal um is but what about the people what about those people that i don't like i don't like those people i don't really want to i don't really want to talk to those people <laughs> do you know what i mean i don't really i don't want to spend any time with them so like how can i really preach to them or how can i share the word with them if i don't really like them <laughs> like We've all got those people in our lives, right, um, that we know we should be sharing the word with. Um, but for one reason, or another, one reason or another, we don't really like them, right? And therefore, we cannot tend to stay clear of them because we don't like them. Now, <laughs> I'm saying that from experience because there are people that it's not necessarily that I don't like them. I just would rather spend my time <laughs> elsewhere doing other things, right? And I know that, that's just me being really truthful and really, really truthful and really honest. Um, but I know that like some that needs to change. Like those those feelings need to change. Um, so what I what I really want to want to look at is what what the word says about that. What does the word say about um, talking to people who you maybe don't like, or like you know like praying for people or sharing the word with people that you maybe not you maybe not a fan of, or maybe they're not a fan of you. Um, because this is super. This is like major. This is a major part of your faith, like my faith anyway. And I, 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 sh- I, I believe it should be yours too. Um, let's go to Matthew five, uh, verse forty, verse forty-three. I'm going to just jump in here in a wee sec. Matthew five, verse forty-three. Now this is, <coughs> excuse me, a bit parts today. Um, Matthew five forty-three, and this is Jesus, um, Jesus Sermon on the Mount. This is the part of the Beatitudes. If you're if you're reading in your in your, in your Bibles now. And it's just towards the end here, and it says, um, "You have heard that it said that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven." For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do, you not, do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Verse 48. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's funny, right? I feel like I feel like that was just snuck in at the end there, right? <laughs> that was just kind of like, bing, like, be perfect, you know. Um, but it's 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 important to to look at those verses, the verses that I've highlighted there, because it actually it tells you how you can do it. Like Jesus doesn't tell you to do something without giving you the way to do it, right? Because if he did that, that would just be wicked. You'd be like, okay, go do that. How do I do it? Mm, figure it out. Like that, <laughs> he wouldn't say that, right? So, um, verse. I want to touch of all, uh, touch first of all on that first verse, verse, for, verse forty-three. It says, "You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." That was actually never said in the word. That was never said in the Old Testament that you should love your sorry, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. 
if you look at, like, I think it's Exodus and Leviticus, it actually doesn't say that. It actually says something a lot nicer. <laughs> it's really, really nice. But then I was kind of surprised when I looked and I was like, oh, dang, this actually says that Leviticus. Like, okay. <laughs> I thought that was a bit of like a kind of fire and brimstone uh, um, book there, do you know what I mean? But it actually never said that. Jesus was actually referring to what people were saying in that time period, about what people were saying, not what said, well, not what it said in the Word, right? This is something that, um, that, that I'm kind of going through in my, in my mentorship group, the, the book, there's, there's this book we're reading together, and um, we're t- we talk about taking something in their time, so the, Bible, the, the biblical time, and bringing it into our time. It's important to understand what happened then so that you can then uh, understand how to apply it now, right? Context, it's all about context. Um, so it's super important to see that, right? So this was actually never said. Um, but in verse 48, it says that we are called to be perfect just as our Father in heaven is perfect, right? Um, am I there? Am I even there yet? Yes, I am. Cool, yeah. Um, so let, let's see what it says. There. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, the answer to, to this to this being perfect is actually in verse 44. And we're going to look at that right now. Uh, and it just says, But I say to you, Jesus says to you, love your enemies. There's a, there's a, few, there's a few again. I think there's four different parts here in this, in this verse. It says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. If you've got some enemies, that sounds like a really kind of old way to say it, right? You've got some enemies, oh, got like a, my, my arch nemesis. You know? <laughs> if you've got enemies, if you've got people who, whatever, don't like you, or maybe you don't like them, or, or whatever the situation is, you're actually called to love them. Yeah, this is, when you love someone, it's not like, it's not just something you fall into, or you just by chance do. Love is like intentional. Love is something you choose to do, all right? Jesus broke this down, these behaviors down that I'm about to go through, all of them, so that we can actually understand them and apply them now, right? First one is love your enemies. If you look at the next part, it says, bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. How sometimes, how do we know if people are cursing us? We don't. Sometimes we don't. And that's cool. Because, you know, the time that they spend trying to curse us, like, it should just be water off our back. We should be loving these people. What does it say first? Love your enemies. So if we're loving on them and they're cursing us, what's more strong? What's stronger? What's stronger? Is it is curse or love stronger? Love. love is so much stronger. Yeah? Jesus said he laid down his life for those, for those that he loved, for his friends. That is so much stronger. And love conquered the grave. <laughs> love conquered the grave, right? Curse didn't conquer the grave. Curses in the ground. So love your enemies and bless those who curse you. So even if they're home thinking about you, mulling over your, your, who you are and what you're doing, or if they've got a voodoo doll and they're trying to curse you, I know some of you are like, ah, that's jokes, but, but some, I know some of you out there believe that too. Just believe that your love overpowers their curse. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, that's the 100% truth. So don't be thinking, oh my gosh, someone's cursing me. It's okay, curse me then. <laughs> I'm going to keep loving you. Number three, number three says, do good to those who hate you. Sheesh, that's a tough one. (laughs) Do good to those who hate you. There's a lot of people in our lives that have never had anyone who hated us. Some of you guys, myself included, 
I like to sit on the fence from time to time. I like to be in a position where we're just all nice and cozy, you know, just feeling, <laughs> just feeling all good. Let's be honest, right? We don't really have any enemies. We don't really have anyone who's cursing us. We don't really have anyone who hates us. We're just all that, you know, we think it's all just, you know, nice and ignorance is bliss and all of that. Sorry, it's not bliss. <laughs> it's not bliss. It's not. It's okay for people to hate you. If people hate you, you should be doing, well, hopefully they hate you for the right reasons. You should be doing something right for the kingdom. Yeah? If you really stand up for the kingdom, kingdom then people will hate you. Like really, truly stand up for the kingdom, people will hate you. And that should be that should be a call of excitement. I know that doesn't sound exciting to a lot of you. That sounds like, why do I want to be hated? Like, I just want to live a peaceable life. Um, but the gospel is offensive to those who are in the darkness. It's offensive to them. Yeah? So understand that. There's someone said this one time. I think it was uh, a pastor. Um it was a pastor. It was some conference we went to in Edinburgh. And a pastor said, if I'm going to be persecuted for the gospel, I'm going to be persecuted for the whole gospel. All of it. I'm not going to leave anything out. Do you know what I mean? Like, imagine just getting persecuted for this part and then just kind of keeping this other part like close to you and being like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm going to keep that for myself. He's just like, no, nah, no, nah, if you're going to be persecuted, just take it the whole way. Do you know what I mean? And that's encouraging again for me. Like, I don't know if you guys are encouraged by this. I hope you are. But... Um, Put in the comments actually how you feel. If you feel offended, put it in there. <laughs> but I'm hoping you feel encouraged. I hope you feel excited. I hope you feel like, you know what? Like I've actually, I have power in how I live my life. And I have power in the gospel that is in me. All right? And this is part of who you are, who, you, who Christ is calling you to be as perfect. Because he's calling you to grow. He's calling you to be mature. He's calling you to be complete in the things of the world, in the things of the kingdom. All right? The last part in this, in this verse, it says, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. <laughs> this one, actually, this is one that we, um, that we teach at Team Talks. Right, guys? Yep. We teach this at Team Talks, at the, our kind of small group, our Bible study. The reason why we teach it is because taking these steps is something that doesn't just come naturally. You can't just... Uh, Pray for someone who uses you and persecutes you and people who hate you and people who curse you and maybe your enemy. Like these are, these are, th doing these things doesn't just come naturally. This is probably the last thing that you're going to do if you actually feel offended, right? This is something that we teach because it doesn't come naturally. It's important to be intentional here. It comes with intention. It, this is an important one. It comes with setting your emotions aside. Yeah, some of you guys are so emotional, <laughs> so emotional, right? And me too. Sometimes I get emotional too. But some, for me, how do I overcome that? I sometimes like I, I used to be known. I'm getting better, I promise. To be to just be, I'll just speak out on what I think or what what what's whatever's going on in a situation. I'll just be like, no, but that's this and this is that or man, man, man. I'll just get emotional about it. But one thing I've learned is like whatever I feel like may offend someone. In that moment, I'll think about it. I'll, I won't speak right in that moment. I'll think about it for a second, and I'll be like, okay, is this something that I truly believe, or am I just getting emotional about it? Do you know what I mean? Set your emotions aside so that you can go through these steps, that you need to love your enemies and bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you and all of these things, right? But don't get emotional about it. Put your emotions aside. 
And this is about people that you're going to be saying and praying over. You're going to be saying things to these people and you're going to be praying over these people. So it's important to be intentional. All right? Um, it's funny, right? Th this actually releases you to having to tiptoe around these people. Right? Because when we, when we find out that people hate us or that they've, you know, they've got something against us or that they've maybe been thinking, oh, man, I don't like this guy. Or, do you know what, man, like... I hate this guy, man. Or you hear people talking about you or whatever it is. You kind of tend to tiptoe around them a little bit. Or you, or you just don't want to be around them at all. You totally just, like, I'm out of here. I'm going over here. And that's actually really sad. The reason why I say that's really sad, because if you just, like, discard them, or, like, you just get away from them, then you lose an opportunity. In those moments where someone hates you or someone's persecuting you or whatever, that's a really good opportunity to pray for them. Why? Because it says in the Word that we should do these things. Despite how we feel, despite how your emotions are telling you to feel, we should be doing these things. Now, the, what I was saying was this, is, this actually releases you from tiptoeing around these people and to be the son of God, the son or the daughter of God that you're called to be. Now look at verse 45. I'm going to just read it. It says, <clears throat> so all those things like do good to those who hate you, pray for those who per persecute you. Verse 45 says that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. So these are the things that you need to do in order to be the sons of your Father in heaven. Yeah? So if we can be the sons of our Father in heaven, that's because we're doing these things. Yeah? Be released from this hate that the people will have against you. And it's funny, right? Because I know I'm not the only person when I'm saying this just now, right? But sometimes we take up those same feelings that someone has against us and we take them for ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's been people, and even myself at times in my life, where... I'll say, oh, like, you know, for example, if someone says, like, why don't you like that person? And if your answer is a variation of this, you know, because they don't like me, <laughs> then we need to really take this seriously and take these steps to get rid of this feeling. Yeah? We really need to be serious about that. If, if someone says, why don't you like this person? And you say, well, because they don't like me, then you've succumbed to their feeling and you've essentially said your feeling is stronger than how I feel right now. Your feeling is actually dictating how our interaction is going to be. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And when we feel that, this should be a check. This should be a check for us. A check in our spirit, a check in our body, whatever. This should just, this should hurt us on some level. And we should be like, okay, dang, I need, to, I need to love these people. I need to pray for this person. And this is a really good way to get over that feeling that you've taken on as your own if you do these things, if you pray for the person who's persecuting you and the reason why you're feeling that way, if you pray for them, I guarantee you, if you're consistent about that prayer and you, and you mean it, and you mean that prayer, I'm not just saying, okay, Lord, yeah, yeah, I just pray, I pray for that person. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Amen, amen. <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to work, man. It's not going to work. We really need to mean it. Same with all of our prayers. We can't just say the words. We actually have to mean them. Yeah, there are power in your words. So let's use them wisely. Amen. Amen. It's good. Um, yeah. And this, like, I can't, ex I can't express it more, uh, anymore. Like this, th this sort of stuff, these two scriptures, um, these two verses that I've talked about here, this is the way to mature, complete, and perfect ways that we can actually love our neighbor. Wow. Honestly. And we are called to do that. We're not just called to love our neighbor. We're called to make disciples of nations. Mm -hmm. Loving our neighbor is like on your doorstep. Your neighbor 
your neighbour. <laughs> think about the neighbours next to you on either side of your door or people in your flats and your apartments, whatever, whatever you are. Your neighbours, these are your neighbours, yeah? Not just your neighbours, right? But you know what I'm trying to say. So we're called to love these people, all right? I've got a couple more scriptures I'm going to going to dive into here. Um, let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. I hope you guys are all right. I hope you guys are good out there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. 2 Corinthians 3, we're going to go from verse 7. I'm going to just read it one time, then I'm going to just jump into it. So uh, verse 7, it says, But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance which glory was passing away how will the ministry of the spirit not be more glorious for if the ministry of condemnation had glory the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory for even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect but because of the glory that excels for if, if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Amen. Um, this is, I really, I just, I wanted to sneak in a few other scriptures, right? Um, the reason why I wanted to sneak them in is because if we're talking about perfection and we're talking about attaining, you know, this, this level, oh, we're being perfect, we're talking about being complete, we're talking about growing, and we're talking about being mature, right? If we're doing those things, like, Sometimes we look at, um, the, like, like I said at the start, the standard that Jesus set, and we think, oh gosh, how did I live up to that? And especially when Jesus says, like, in greater exploits, in greater works will you do on the earth than I've done, that becomes a tall order, right? We feel like there's this pressure on us, like, to, to perform, to do these things, to just, you know, provide this work for the world. Um, and I'm here to tell you that, like, be free from that. Be totally free from that. Like, you, sh you should be doing things like for the kingdom but you shouldn't feel like you have to be perfect like you have to be spotless and blameless in those things like totally perfection down to the detail like do you know what i mean jesus died so that we can live right this is this is the foundation of what we believe and if he died so that we can live like he, it says that he, he became poor so that we can be rich Amen. right these are the things, like, I've talked about this before, how we live in this upside-down kingdom. You know, that the leper in the Old Testament, if they touch someone, they touch the clean person, the clean person will get rid of leprosy. In the New Testament, the New Covenant, you know, the, the clean person touches the leper and says, be healed, and the leper is healed, and they're free. We live in this upside-down kingdom where, you know, you have to die to live. Do you know what I mean? All of these things is like flip-flop from what we believe here on, in, on earth and in the world. Um, and we're called to, to give that out, right? So in this, is, this is the glory of the new covenant that's be, that, that we're talking, that Paul's talking about here. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this is because the, there's this one scripture that pastor says all the time. So pastor, I know you're watching, right? There's a scripture that you say all the time and you say, but the path of the just is like a shining light. I know you're saying it right now, even as I say it. The path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter into the perfect day. I know a few of you are even saying it because pastors say it so often. And the reason why I wanted to say this is because this is, I mean, if we look at the script, that scripture there in 2 Corinthians 3, it's talking about the old covenant and how that even had glory. Yeah? That old covenant, 
And it's and that verse seven it says the old covenant that, that that sorry that ministry of death. It's not even talking. It's not even calling it the old covenant. It's calling it the ministry of death that was written and engraved on stones. What do you know that was written and engraved on stones? It was the Ten Commandments, right? Those things were engraved on stones. And it's, it even says that, and if that thing was glorious, that thing was glorious, right? So that the children of Israel should not look steadily at the face of Moses because Moses had such glory all over his countenance, right? What I want to touch on here is like, if that was glorious, how much more what we're experiencing now, how much more glorious is that, right? The pinpoint what I'm saying down to a very T here is this. We live in a way more glorious time than then, right? But we go from glory to glory. It's a process. This is something that we are growing and we are maturing and we are being completed and this is the perfection process. Maybe we can coin it that. This is the perfection process, right? This is something that we're going through. And it's continually happening. This isn't just something that you wake up and you've got the new covenant and boom, it's perfect and you're good and you don't have to do anything else. This is something that we're working at and working through. Um, so when, when pastor says that, that scripture there, look at it again, look at it again and look at it carefully, it says, but the path of, of the just is like a shining light or it's like the shining sun that shines ever brighter, that shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day so that it means that every day that comes and pass, comes and goes comes and goes comes and goes it's getting brighter and brighter yeah this is the process that's taking place that we are being completed and matured and growing it amen this is this is this is something that we need to be attentive to that we're not just waking up and thinking we're perfect or that we have to live up to this major standard that we can't that we can't that we can't do um yeah um one more maybe one more maybe two more one more scripture. Let's do one more scripture, right? Um, let's go to Matthew 22 from verse 34. Sweating over here. Jeez. Matthew 22 from verse 34. It says, it says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with all your, all your soul and all your mind, that this is the first great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Right? This is like in reference to what, what Paul was saying to the Corinthians there. He was talking about, the, the old covenant, that old testament, and how even uh, that Moses' face was was covered by the glory of it, and how much glory the old testament, that old covenant had, that that ministry of death had. We're talking about this new one, that when Jesus says this in verse thirty-seven, "You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul," that this is the first great commandment. And then he talks about the second one. He says, it's similar, it's like it. And he says that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the kicker right here. And on these two commandments, two, not ten now, two, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So they're fulfilled in that. The law and the prophets, the ministry of death that is written and engraved on stones is fulfilled in that statement that Jesus just said to that lawyer there. 
This is part of what Jesus brought to the world so that we didn't have to feel condemned in our pursuit of what he calls perfection. We are, we are called to pursue this thing called perfection. Perfection, I'm going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. It's growth, it's maturity, and it's being complete. And it's not something you're going to just wake up and be. It's something that you're going to have to go through a process of. Sometimes it's going to hurt. Sometimes you're going to fall over. Sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're going to hurt your friends. You're going to hurt yourself. But just know that it's a worthwhile process. And it's one that we are called to take. This is a process that we're called to take as Christians and as believers and as sons and daughters of God that we are called to give out to the world. Not called to just keep it to ourselves. Progress and perfection, guys. Progress and perfection. Going back to that statement that the world says, progress over perfection. One step at a time. It's that process. And I want to just highlight, and I want to encourage you guys to, to know that Whatever we're going through, um, we should be striving for growth. We should be striving for maturity. And not just for ourselves, for our young ones. This is that next generation I was talking about. There's a thing that me and Daddy Nuno are actually going through. We're going through this book just now. We've had a couple of weeks break. Um, and it's about growth. And we're just trying to grow together. We're reading this book and we're trying to, we're trying to increase our knowledge to, to, a, to a place where we can, that we can actually see our dreams come true. But that's not going to just happen overnight. There's certain little things that we're going to have to do on a consistent basis. We're going to take little steps, little actions, and we're going to see them through and do them consistently. And then, then what? Down the line, we're going to see growth. But it's only after that we do it consistently, we keep on doing it, and we try and we fall over, and then we get up and we do it again, and we keep doing it, that we're actually going to see that growth. Some people just want a, I want, like, I want it and I want it now. And that instant gratification, it's not going to work. It's really not going to work. And I'm speaking to myself when I say that, trust, like I really am. Because a lot of the time I really do just want it and I want it now. Um, but I'm repenting and that doesn't mean I'm saying sorry. I, I'm actually changing my mind. Um, so yeah, this is part of what, what I really wanted to talk about, about growth, <laughs> maturity, completeness, and all in progress and perfection. So guys, I hope that, you are, that you've taken something today, even if it's just a little nugget, a little piece, a little gem, um, and that you can plant it uh, in your garden, your spiritual garden, and uh, really see it grow and really see some fruit come out of it. Um, because I believe that in these scriptures that I've highlighted, and, and hopefully in the things that I've said, that the Lord is speaking to you, um, and that is hopefully you're actually your desire, you have a desire to change on the inside of you. All right, um, I think at this point we're going to pray and then we're going to have communion and then we're going to close, yeah? Cool, so um, let's, just, let's just pray real quick. First of all, um, let's just pray that um, we begin to see uh, levels of <laughs> growth, maturity and completeness. So Father, I just pray that not just for myself, but for everyone watching, uh, that Lord, that you show them opportunities and show them avenues that they can grow, that they can mature, and they can find themselves complete in you, Father. That Lord, that they will not be discouraged by the things of the world, Lord, but they will, they will see the things ahead of them, right in front of them, and they will build the wall that's in front of them. And Father, we just, we ask that they stay on this path 
unrelenting, continually moving forward, not being discouraged by uh, outside voices. But Lord, we just we pray that every single person here who hears my voice right now will be on that journey to see a completeness in your word, to see a maturity in who you want them to become and, and a continual growth, Father, that they will not stop. So, Father, we want to bless you for, the, for those things. Lord, we want to thank you for this process of perfection, for this progress that, you're make, that, that we're making, that, you, that we're making with you, Father. And we want to bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Um, oh, yes, hallelujah, <laughs> my brothers and sisters. It's time to get your, uh, your bread and your wine. <laughs> your bread and your wine, um, and we're going we're gonna to break some bread together. Amen. I'll give you just a, a hot minute. I think Daddy's playing some, some soft, harsh tones over, over the top right now. So just, I just want you to, to, to incline your heart. To turn, just to turn your heart towards the Lord and um, and to acknowledge Him right now. Just as you're as you're getting as you're getting your preparations, as you're getting your bread and your wine, um, your body and your blood, and we're gonna just um, we're gonna share communion together. All right. Okay, so we're gonna go. I'm gonna just jump to the Word real quick, and I'm gonna just read this this scripture that I think will be super great for us to hear and um, yeah this is it John 6 53 and it says um, then Jesus said to them most assuredly I say to you unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood you have no life in you whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Let us lift up the bread, let's lift up the body. And I want you to just, to just pray over the body and we just, we just say thank you, Father. Thank you for your body. Thank you for giving your son so that he could come down and that he could lay his life down, not that any man would take his life away, but that he would lay it down for us, only to take it back up again. So thank you, Lord, for, for, for being that sacrifice for us and for, for your body being broken so that ours might be made whole. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's, let's eat our bread together. Again, it doesn't matter if you've just got whatever, you know, could be a cookie, could be bread, could be a cracker, it could be juice, it could be water, I've got some water, but it's about what it signifies, right? So let's just lift up your blood right now, and we want to say to that, Father, we want to thank you again for sending Jesus and for, for that, that ultimate sacrifice, that transaction that was made for us. And we want to thank you that this blood, this, this living blood, shed for us it is in us and as always it has changed our very dna and father we want to thank you for this blood because it is the life of jesus that is in this blood and we receive the life of jesus into us today 
and it changes everything that is dying or dead to life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's make it work together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's good. Um, we're going to just close. Um, I guess the, one of the major things I want to just let you know, um, we're going to come back. We're going to come back to service soon. Please um, keep your ears peeled. Keep your ears peeled. Keep your eyes peeled. Keep your ears to the road. Is that what it is? I don't even know. Um, just We'll try and keep you guys in the loop, but keep listening up for um, new updates. Um, we'll be trying to kind of keep stuff updated on social media but um failing that i think we will be on that though is um just jump on our one of our services uh, on a wednesday on a sunday uh, but just check out the description below for all these links and uh, you can find us at all of them and we are so looking forward to seeing you in person but until then we will be seeing you guys next week so we look forward to joining you um but now we're going to share the grace Offering, totally forgot about offering. Thank you, Unzi. Unzi had a week off there, did you? Uh, <laughs> offering, guys, blessed. Thank you, Uno. I appreciate that, man. Um, if you want to offer, uh, Uno's going to put the details on the screen just now. It's on the overlays at the bottom. It'll say tithe and offering in the middle. Okay, so yeah, I think I know. I know you see it. Um, so yeah, if you want to offer, if you want to give, if you want to, if you want to send your tithes. Um, if you just want to give to what we're doing um, locally, um, then all the information is on the board, on the screen right now. Um, so you can just go to your bank and type in uh, our account number and sort code and everything uh, and just let us know. Um, if you've had any issues, just give us a shout, give us an email uh, or jump onto our website. Our website information will be there as well. So you can go there and let us know if you've had any issues. Um, but yeah, guys, we're so thankful um, that we have a family like you who are continually giving, uh, continu continually wanting to see um, the gospel of the kingdom preached, uh, not just in Glasgow, but the whole world. And we are super excited about what's to come in this next season. So uh, this is the last option for you to get the Titan offering uh, thing. So take a quick picture if you, haven't, if you haven't already, if you haven't got it yet. And it's going in three, two, one. Awesome. Cool. Guys, thanks so much. We're going to just share our watchword and then we're going to share the grace. So it's just going to be up on the screen just here in a minute. All right. Fill it up. You see it? Cool. Bring it up. Cool. And it says, For even the whole creation, all nature waits for e eagerly for the children of God to be revealed. I am a son of God and I am called and graced to manifest as such this year and beyond in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's share the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. And decree to each other and say, Surely his goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord, guys. We bless you, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed that message. For more information, head over to teamchurchglasgow.org. And remember, let's be doers of the word, not just hearers. Until next time.